Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Millsoff, senior editor at Billboard and Broadway expert here. So in the pop world, it's common enough to find performers who are also songwriters and producers and do all those things with kind of equal seriousness. But in the world of musical theater, while there are plenty of artists who wear multiple hats, it's a bit more rare to find someone who's both an accomplished composer and actor and spends a lot of time on both and, you know, gets an audience for both. Um, But among those who do manage that, few do it as successfully as one of my guests today, Shana Taub. If you take a look at Shana's resume, it kind of seems like there's nothing she can't do. She's an actor and vocalist who has performed in shows like Anais Mitchell's Hadestown, Um, She was in one of the pre-Broadway incarnations of Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. But she also plays piano and sings in sort of more traditional pop rock venues. She has sung backup for Karen O of the Yaya's before. And as a composer, she has written for Sarah Bareilles on Sesame Street. She's collaborated with crazy ex-girlfriends Rachel Bloom. Uh, And most recently, she has written musical adaptations of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, And As You Like It for the Public Theater in New York, which is a major off-Broadway theater. Uh, It's where Hamilton started, uh, among other great shows. As if that's all not enough, she often acts in her own shows as well. And that includes As You Like It, which will be opening in Central Park's Delacorte Theater September 1st. Shana wrote the music and lyrics for the show, and she collaborated with director Lori Woolery on the adaptation of the play for the Public Works Initiative, which is this crazy amazing thing that brings together 200 uh, regular community members with professional actors in one big immersive production. It's tiring to think of everything Shana does, so it was fascinating to hear about how she juggles songwriting and performing, and how exactly you go about turning Shakespeare into a musical when she and Lori Woolery stopped by the podcast recently. So I guess the the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Shakespeare and music is 
it must be very hard to make a Shakespeare play musical. There is so much music that is integral to Shakespeare plays, but making an actual musical out of a Shakespeare play seems to me like it would be hard. So I'm curious from both of your perspectives, is it actually easier than it seems or what are the challenges in making that work? Well, because <laughs> it is challenging. I mean, mm-hmm. do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, it is daunting for sure. I mean, he's a pretty good writer. <laughs> he's the best writer in the English language. But uh, I found it to be there's so much to work with. So like the characters and the story are so rich. There's so much raw material there. It there there's there's so much to pull from. So when you're working with characters as rich as Rosalind and Orlando and Jaques, you know, there's a lot on the page to then uh, lift lift up from. So I found it once I, we kind of dive into the process, there's there's so many threads that you can dig into deeper from the language that's already there. And his language is so musical already. So it's fun to sometimes take a single phrase, you know, from a monologue or a line or a scene and then pull it out and build a new lyric, a new song around that one phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has one line in As You Like It, we're talking about this character, Phoebe, and Rosalind said, she Phoebe's me, you know, using Phoebe as a verb. And I was like, oh, amazing. Like, that's such <laughs> a great, you know, like hook for a song. So we've written a song. There's a song called You Phoebe Me. So it's, it's you know, that's an example of taking his language as a jumping off point, but then rebuilding around it with a new idea. And that also sounds so modern, too, to use someone's right? name as a verb. <laughs> well, it's like it reminded yeah, me of Tango exactly. Maureen, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the idea of one person's name kind of being indicative of a whole set of behaviors. I think it also requires um, a discipline to it because there's so much there that our first pass when we were going through it, you just get inspiration in, in so many, in the language, in the characters, in the current world that we're living in and how that connects to the story that Shakespeare's written that... Oscar kept saying to us, trust the text. Like, we are not, um, this is not a wild adaptation of William Shakespeare's plays. It's actually a musical of As You Like It. And so that kind of kept, for us, kind of was an anchor that we could kind of keep coming back to because there are so many stories within these stories that we could have spun out. And, I mean, I feel like we could have, we could create several musicals out of As You Like It based on inspiration of themes and uh, responding to the world that we're currently living in. Mm-hmm. And there are so many moments, especially in Isaac, like that Shakespeare chooses to talk, have a character talk about an event that happens off stage. So it's, you know, looking at each of those and being like, when do we trust, when do we trust the play? And at times it is totally the right call to trust that. And when do we say, actually, I think it would be better to put this event on stage, you know, and, and bring that event on stage because it, it's that constant toggle between, uh, you know, trying to honor the integrity of the Shakespeare play, but at the end of the day, a five-act play is a much different form than the form of a musical and the way that stories get told and the way that song accomplishes event and character. It's mm-hmm. a different sort of set of, you know, uh, structure, rules, so to speak, so it was fun to kind of mash those together. Well, I was curious about that in particular. As you said, it, this is a musical of As You Like It because I feel like I've seen a lot of Shakespeare plays where music is just kind of randomly interspersed right. and it's not, it's just like a thing that happens in a scene and this, it seems to me a really different task to 
make music kind of the driving force getting us through the story in the first place. You know, I think my dirty secret is that I didn't really like As You Like It when we were first looking at plays. I was just oh my like, God, uh, everybody likes As You Like It. I know, but I was just like, oh, Rosalind's kind of manipulative and Touchstone's annoying. And there's just so many storylines. Like, there's just something about it that just didn't quite land for me. But in the unearthing of it, I have grown to deeply love it. And I feel like... Uh, Shana's songs have really taken the story um, to a whole other place for me. So now As You Like is incredibly meaningful to me and personal. Um, and I'm really excited to share that with New York. Yeah. And the t- I mean, going back to what you're saying, how oftentimes, you know, in Shakespeare plays, the songs will kind of be decorative and just sitting in there, and mm-hmm. they would be, you know, diegetic songs that are being sung with the lute or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, by the mm-hmm. fool and the jester in the court and, what you know, what have you. But the task at hand, the way I described to you for a public works musical is take the three-hour Shakespeare play, condense it down to 90 minutes, add a full 21-song score with reprises, you know, that <laughs> is fully functional moving forward character and story, because since you're doing such a radical cut, you have to accomplish things really efficiently. Um, and also you have to justify an ensemble of 120 people, which is not built into these. You know, in so many uh, musicals, there's that idea of the ensemble built in, but in As You Like It and, you know, the traditional art, and there's just Duke Sr. out there with a couple lords, you know, and not any ladies. And this was now creating a whole community of art and of 120 people of all different ages. Uh, so that's it's I always call it like Odyssey of the Mind for musical theater is just like such a Odyssey fun Odyssey of the Mind yeah I know right? reminds me of high school yeah wow. okay so it's it's, <laughs> this te- it's it's fun to have such a specific task and what I find is like in the very specific uh, structure and purpose that the show is meant for for this very specific weekend in this very specific venue uh there's a lot of freedom within that and i never thought of the fact that you're you're having to condense things in so many ways but also expand them hugely in others exactly it's a weird thing to balance i would think definitely (laughs) (laughs) um so when you did 12th night before i feel like it had it had a very specific sound it had this like sort of r&b meets like new orleans jazzy kind of feel and I wondered, what are the conversations like between the two of you when you're deciding what the sound of a show like this will be in the first place? Like, how much back and forth is there between you? Or do you have a lot of time, Shayna, by yourself first figuring out what genre makes sense for this particular story? Well, what's fun musically for a public work show, at least I've found... Uh, Usually, I think, like, in a musical, it really is helpful to make very strong, specific choices about time and place and maybe about genre and about a specific musical stylistic approach as a way to tell a certain story. But in public works, it kind of... Our our community is so diverse and eclectic that I find it exciting to really go all over the map musically Mm -hmm. and let each individual song lead. And if this song wants to have a more reggae vibe or this song wants to have a more uh, African vibe or if this song wants to have a a pop vibe or we have, you know, a boy band style song, uh, it actually helps to have as eclectic a, a score as possible that sort of reflects our community. And that instead of making, you know, our Arden a very specific country or a very specific year, it's sort of this inclusive, more mythical place where no one is an expert and we all get to define what Arden is together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And do you talk to her about how, as she's writing the songs or what is the like dialogue between the two of you as these yeah. this music is coming together? We started off, uh, we had weekly dates and we started off just diving into the text and 
reading it out loud and playing the different characters and <laughs> talking about themes that emerged and things that we felt were important. And as Shana was saying, things that happened offline, you know, that we, Shakespeare, I mean, as you like, talks a lot about, oh, and then this happened, the Duke Frederick, you know, met a monk and is now you know, had a redemptive moment and he's off. <laughs> but we wanted to try to take those moments and put them on stage. So we kind of created an outline, an outline and yeah. then um, slotted in where we thought songs should go. Uh, Shayna had some very strong instincts about, uh, for example, you know, she Phoebe'd me. And and there, there were things that we were just both completely like on the page about that just came out of those conversations. Um, like the boy band song. Um, what is the boy band song? Oh. <laughs> and as you like it, if um, for people listening maybe don't know the play, Orlando is lovesick over Rosalind, and when he's out in the forest, he's writing all these love poems in her honor and posting them, carving them in the trees, posting them on the trees. And while Orlando's a sweet guy, he's not the best writer. It's kind of corny, cheesy, cliched, and it's well-meaning, but it's, you know, a little cringeworthy. A little unfortunate. <laughs> a little unfortunate. So Rosalind's like, ooh, I like this guy, but we've got to work on this, you know, which launches us into the whole other plot that maybe we'll dive into later. But so I thought, okay, if these love notes, they feel like a great opportunity for a song, right? A great mm-hmm. opportunity to hear from Orlando about his feelings. What's a genre that is corny and cheesy in terms of love, but that we all kind of secretly enjoy? But if <laughs> at the same time, if your boyfriend like did a flash mob in front, you know, to propose to you, you might be like, oh, yes, but not. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> and boy band came to mind, and I like was grew up right in the height of that. And for me, like the Backstreet Boys are shamelessly like my earliest influence, and it just felt like the right uh, container for that moment musically. Yeah. And that's what's the joy of working on these musicals is finding that sweet spot that actually serves what Shakespeare has written because he was a writer for his time. So if Shakespeare was writing now in 2017, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like he would totally approve and get behind that choice, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was really fun to be able to make those kinds of very specific choices. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, and Shana would like write lyrics. I mean, she does a lot of work on her own and then send them to me and what do you think and mm-hmm. we go back and forth so uh there is both a lot of together in the room over the phone over email but also a lot of writing time Shane alone in her studio like plunking away mm-hmm. <laughs> totally um I think that Shanna, something that stands up about your songwriting is just how good you are telling a story and that you write so many story songs and I wonder if you know, what you do in your own songwriting work is very transferable here. And I'm curious, from your perspective, Lori, what makes her particular songwriting style really uh, apt for a Shakespeare play? Well, I think you said it so perfectly, is that Shayna is a storyteller. Like, I go to her Joe Pub shows, I have her albums, I'm a fan. And for me, music does take me on a journey. It's a story journey. It's why I, I love, you know, musicians like, Bruce Springsteen and uh, they take you on a journey. Joni Mitchell, they take you on a journey. And um, I do. I think Shane is an amazing storyteller in her music. So that's why it makes it such a great partnership in terms of story trumps. And uh, even now, Shane is in the play. She's performing in the play. Mm -hmm. She's the composer. She's also one of the band leaders. But she's also the playwright with me in the room. And 
So she's straddling these these moments. She's on stage and she's doing something, and then she's running back saying, "I think we need an edit here, or <laughs> I think we need to add a line here," and um, that kind of veracity of fighting. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. For story to the bitter end is what we do in theater. Like it's never, ever complete. And um, the way Shana works is that way. She's just this hunger and desire to get it right makes her a great theatrical collaborator an amazing Sorry. songwriter i know i'm talking you to you too. like you're not in the room <laughs> but i've learned so much i've learned so much about music i've learned so much about the american theater musical theater i mean i come from the new play development world and um also through you know culturally specific theater as well like with latino theater and um so this partnership has been a great uh experiment for me as well to kind of open up and I have never written a musical to this level I've done smaller <laughs> productions but never a 200 person pageant that exists in the Delacorte theater with you know 20 plus songs it's it's pretty epic and the amount of writing time I'm just going to also say mm -hmm. the turnaround time for this is kind of crazy insane like I, I I don't think about it because if I think about it I think I'd get really stressed yeah it's very fast like it's it's, very we, fast. we started outlining last fall and then I started writing songs in earnest in January oh so my god pretty, pretty quick turnaround <clears throat> but talking <sighs> about the circling back to what you said about storytelling and songs the diff I love to write songs just for song's sake and also songs in a musical and the difference for me is uh I, this isn't original. I heard this somewhere of how, like, you know, a pop song or a song that doesn't need to serve story and character is a noun, and a song that uh, does need to serve story and character is a verb. Hmm. You know, and like making sure that a song for a theater show or in the traditional sense of a musical is like taking the character from A to B and they end up where they end up in a song is not where they began. Whereas, even if, you know, if I'm writing a story for a song uh, that I'm just going to perform in concert, I might, you know, have one you know, strong metaphor and kind of tease that metaphor out over and over and over again. And even though it does tell a story, it doesn't, uh, it's more of a circle than a line. So for me, the fun challenge in a musical is to make sure that the song is actually ending us in a different place than where we began and mm -hmm. helping a character figure something out or make a decision or move through an actual scene. And that's just what I've learned so much. I've been calling, you know, 12th night. And as you like it, these like bench pressing exercises for me, I'm just like, just trying to get stronger at that muscle of really making every song necessary to the story. I was going to say, were there any things that you had to kind of learn the hard way on 12th night that you're like, Oh, thank goodness. I got rid of that that time. And that you can kind of apply this time around and make, makes the gargantuan task easier. Yeah. I learned a lot about collaboration um, and just what needs to be done in order to, 
uh, do something this quickly. And I think that one of the things that Lori and I, I feel like we're able to apply so well and what made the partnership so strong was diving into the play really deeply just in a at the beginning before hitting the ground running with writing, sitting with the play, literally reading it aloud to each other, just stewing in the world of As You Like It for a long time and talking about the characters and the themes before we kind of got down to brass tacks to write the show itself and just Mm -hmm. doing that prep work and that uh, building that foundation both as collaborators and with the story was really helpful. And then also for me, I hadn't yet worked with the community. So, you know, I was told, you know, with the way it works with public works, there are five equity actors, but the rest are non-professional community members from all over New York, mm-hmm. all kinds of amazing people. And I, now that I know them all personally from that experience of Twelfth Night, to get to go back and write for these hundreds of people that I now know well and I'm aware of just the extraordinary uh, talent within that community pool, it was exciting to get to apply that this year and really mm-hmm. write for specific people and voices. I always say that our community was the third collaborator in the room because Shana had that experience and had uh, relationships now with community members. And every year we have like, you know, our returners and then we have brand new people who come and enter into the process. But we were very, very specific about wanting to create more roles for community members to actually be able to um take ownership of a very specific character as well as crafting these musical numbers like they're I call them musical scenes because it's not just a song with choreography scenes are happening within these songs and you have to make sure then that the community is able to musically understand rhythm and where you have to come in at a very specific moment and th- that is that's really hard to direct pace because sure. pace is intangible. And so that's where I think, you know, this, uh, the musical, as well as these musical scenes were just really helpful for our community to kind of learn this, like, you know, acting on the line and feeling in the moment. And mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just being a part of a large singing, dancing number. Mm-hmm. No, that strikes me as another such a unique thing as writing for such a wide range of abilities is this whole other set of challenges I totally would and I think one thing I learned from Twelfth Night is that oh I actually don't really need to approach this any differently mm-hmm. I thought when I thought okay this community based musical maybe I need to make sure the songs or I don't know what it just I, I think it was in my head in the self-conscious way about writing for for actors that maybe weren't the typical actors I might work with and what I learned last summer is just how extraordinarily talented everyone is and how often you can't quite tell who the five equity people are mm-hmm. I like to pull friends afterwards and ask who do you think the five equity people are and <laughs> they're not always right and so this year I really you know we really did approach it uh, writing for each character that wanted to sing we let that character sing and it's really exciting that now it feels like this fully functioning musical where all the characters that have something that is needs to break out of speech, they get a chance to. And mm-hmm. the other thing that we really focused on, you know, kind of a guiding question for us was, there are many, there have been and will be many productions of As You Like It. What is uniquely public works? Like, what can we do in public works that we can't do in any other production? And mm-hmm. that is putting the full spectrum of humanity on stage. So our youngest community member is five and our oldest is in their early 90s. And the play talks about all the worlds of stage and the seven stages of man. And so for us, it was just a perfect, ultimately, it's like Mm -hmm. the perfect play for us to do for public works. And it's true, you set the bar high and people will rise to it. I've seen it time and time again. 
Well, and also, the, I think one other lesson I learned was just the true integration of ensemble and making the full ensemble feel necessary to the story mm-hmm. in Illyria with Twelfth Night. Uh, you know, I'm proud of Twelfth Night, uh, but it, I was... I, I, what I wish I could go back and do deeper is uh, make sure that the Illyrians, the full group of Illyrians, are truly invested in the story. What you know, I feel like classical musicals do so well is they might tell a central love story, but all of the sharks and jets care. All of the people living in Gary, wait, is it Gary, Indiana? Mm-hmm. Yes, up? yes. <laughs> or does he just sing about Gary, Indiana? Or does it take place in Gary, Indiana? It's in Iowa. Right. Where's the music man? Tangent. Another time. Anyway, but they all, all the people in the town, you know, are invested in the central love story in some way. And so for us, it was finding, you know, how, why, how and why do all the hundreds of Ardenites care about what's going on in the main love story or something like the big wrestling match, which takes place in As You Like It. How can we make this a full community event? And I was really inspired, like speaking of West Side Story from Dance at the Gym and how like you meet these two characters, you meet Marie and Tony and they're in their separate worlds and you get this very personal lens and then it's all gunning towards the big night where they're going to meet, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then that's a huge community event. So it's fun to, I feel like it's been more successful, at least so far this year of uh, making. Now I can't imagine As You Like It without 100 people uh-huh. and that feels, feels right. Well, I'm glad you brought up West Side Story before I was going to, <laughs> because, I mean, there there have been big traditional musicals that have Shakespeare as a basis, and I wondered yeah. if that is in any way a good example for you, or if there are more examples just in terms of being very well-constructed musicals having nothing to do with Shakespeare at all. Totally. I mean, all the time. Lori knows. I'm a. There's no bigger musical theater nerd than me. I mean, I grew up in it. I love it. I love musicals. I'm co- constantly looking towards examples in musicals, and in, that can apply to what we're doing and even in early outlines I'd be like all right so basically we do the opening from ragtime slash tradition from Fiddler and then we do something's coming and then we do the dance of the gym and then we do tango marine and then we do like for every song in the show there's like a model from an existing musical and there's so I mean you know so many amazing lessons to learn uh so I'm constantly looking to well wait I can't be the first person to have this problem. How did yeah. Sondheim fix it? How did Frank Lesser fix it? How did uh-huh. Janine Tesori fix it? You know, and there's pretty much always an answer. There are good models. Yeah. Um, Lori, as you said, Shana is acting in this as well, and you've done that on other occasions. And I know so many creators would, like, never dream of acting or performing in their own work, and it would scare them. But for you, is it just sort of part and parcel to the whole experience? or? <laughs> Yeah, well, I acted before ever writing. I mean, I yeah grew up singing and dancing and being in all the shows, and I came to college as a musical theater major, performer, had not ever dreamed of creating my own work. Like, something I say is, that, like, growing up in rural Vermont is it just felt like musicals came fully formed from the North Pole. Like, I didn't think of them as <laughs> something you That's would That's totally need. what happens, isn't it? You know, and when I got to college and I started to kind of look around and people were making their own work, I was like, wow, you can do that. And I took a class with Elizabeth Suedos that just mm. changed my life and opened my mind up to writing. Uh, and so now, so for me, the performing aspect of it is is the thing that I felt most at home at in my whole life. So it's exciting to integrate them both. And I think the key of it for me is just having this creative team that I trust so much of Lori Woolery and our choreographer Sonia Taya and our music director Andrea Grody uh, that I just feel in such good hands that when I switch to that performer hat, I really feel like I can let go because I know that I just there are eyes and ears that I so deeply trust at the helm. And for you, I mean, what is it like to direct the composer? <laughs> you know, that's so funny. I don't actually, until you just said it, I never thought of it that way. It's just Shane has been my partner in this for so long that there are moments when I'm directing a scene that I will turn and say, Shana, can you come here for a second? Because I 
I think many directors might not pull the composer in to talk about a very specific acting moment, but because it's also it's been also connected from jump that it just feels natural. It all just feels really natural. It doesn't feel like um, segregated in terms of that's your role that you play and this is the role that I play. Um, you know, we're we're still wrestling things out artistically. Um, we disagree on things. We try things. We throw away things. So it's it's easy. I mean, yeah. if anything, I sometimes I feel like Shana, you should like allow yourself to be the actor. But I also know that you'll take care of yourself, so I don't need to like micromanage that for, <laughs> for you. Yeah, I think because our shared goal is so strong and deep, and we just want to make the best show we can, and to just honor our community and lift them up. And that, yeah, that even if we, yeah, along the way, it's just that that end goal is so in sight together mm-hmm. that it feels like it, it grounds everything else. Yeah. Um, more generally, Shana, I'm I'm interested to hear a little bit about your own influences because I feel like as a as a performer and a writer, there's something sort of of like the old fashioned entertainer about you that I've always enjoyed and uh, that feels a little timeless and like a little vaudevillian. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what did you grow up listening to? Like, what are you listening to now as you're working? Yeah, totally. I mean, I love just the great tradition of American singer songwriters. I love Randy Newman. I love Paul Simon. I love Joni Mitchell. I love Carol King. Uh, Stevie Wonder is is the great god to me. I mean, just in terms of uh, music and lyrics and joy and, and everything that he brings to the table. Um, and uh, the first album that really meant something to me, and that's the only album that I feel like I've consistently listened to since I was very young, is The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. That's, yeah. like, the masterpiece to me. Yeah. But then I also, you know, grew up right in the height of just amazing 90s pop and Brittany and Christina <laughs> and Patrick <laughs> and Sink, and we'll always love them. And, and musicals, you know, I was listening. I, some of my first cast albums, Guys and Dolls, Chorus Line, were huge to me and remain huge to me. Uh, yeah, so those are some... Um, my current, I mean, my current favorite is Lake Street Dive. There's this band, Lake Street Dive, yeah. and the lead singer Rachel Price. I just, she's the most exciting voice that I've heard in so long. Um, I love Ethan Lipton. He's a Joe's Pub mm-hmm. uh, public theater artist as well. I'm constantly listening to his albums. Those are a few. That Lake Street Dive feels like very your vibe. I can love see that. that. I can see That's that. So favorite. crazy because I was listening to Lake Street Dive uh, in L. A. when I before really? I moved here three years ago. A friend love turned me that. on. So it's just weird. Somebody else was wearing our know, stage manager say, Ben was wearing a Lake Street sure. Dive T-shirt. I'm like, so I, I feel like the right group has found itself because <laughs> all of those people you're talking about. I'm like, yes and yes yeah. and yes and yes. And I, I love Regina Spector. I love Ben Folds. Mm-hmm. Just love, yeah. Fellow piano playing people. I know. And Jimmy Cullum, I loved his records. Yeah. I've seen him live. His I haven't live heard his name exciting. in a while. I know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so, glad a bunch of Lake Street Dive fans found each other. Yeah. yeah. And wrote a musical. <laughs> totally. well, well, thank you so much, both of you. This was a fun chat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you for pleasure. having us. Yes, thank you. Cool. Yeah. I had no clue, I had no clue what you go through. I just assumed, I assumed. But I feel where you're coming from Cause now I've been there too And I see through the eyes of another Eyes of another Hear through the ears of somebody else The Public Works production of As You Like It is at the Delacorte Theatre in New York, September 1st through 5th. If you're a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and give us lots of stars and nice reviews. You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Millsoff, and I always enjoy seeing tweets with the hashtag Billboard on Broadway. 
And I hope you'll come back to listen again next week. Blah, 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 blah.